Reading of Akhak Namas, Reflections for Today, starting with December the 13th. Let's go ahead and pray. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom of others. Thinking of others. Our very lives as ex-problem drinkers depend upon our constant thought of others and how we may help meet their needs. Alcoholic Namas, page 20. Again, our very lives as ex-problem drinkers depend upon our constant thought of others and how we may help meet their needs. Big Book, page 20. Thinking of others has never come easily to me, even when I try to work the AA program. I'm prone to thinking... How do I feel today? Am I happy, joyous, and free? The program tells me that my thoughts must reach out to those around me. Would that newcomer welcome someone to talk to? That person looks a little unhappy today. Maybe I could cheer him up. It is only when I forget my problems and reach out to to contribute something to others that I can begin to attain the serenity And God, consciousness, I seek. Amen. Now we jump all the way ahead to uh, January the 14th by mistake, but here we go. Alcoholic Anonymous, page 83. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. Once I become sober, I began to see how wasteful my life has been, and I experienced overwhelming guilt and feelings of regret. The program's fourth and fifth steps assisted me enormously in healing those troubling regrets. I learned that my self-centeredness and dishonesty stemmed largely from my drinking and that I drank because I was an alcoholic. Now I see how even my most distasteful past experiences can turn to gold, Because as a sober alcoholic, I can share them to help my fellow alcoholics, particularly newcomers. Sober for several years in AA, I no longer regret the past. I am simply grateful to be conscious of God's love and of the help I can give to others in the fellowship. I'm Fernando. I am an alcoholic. And I see that the fact is here that that's what happened to me. When I started reading this, I thought about when I did my fourth step and I wrote down my sex inventory, and and it's kind of I was in shock. I said, "Man, I gotta get this stuff read to somebody." And I held it for a couple of days, and it and it was it was troubling me. I exactly what it says here, you know, enormous, you know, trouble feelings of regrets came 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 over me. You know that I was a wasteful and wasting and running amok through people's lives, through ladies' lives, and and not being responsible, and even the ones around me. So, the thought came to my mind. I recommend that whatever's troubling you, write it down and share it with someone. It's part of your fourth and fifth step, and it's a step in the right direction. Even the journey of a thousand steps takes one step at a time. So write down the the thing that's eating your lunch right now that's bothering you, and go share it with somebody. Write down all the, the filth and the guilt and the things and go share with someone, especially someone you'll never see again, like a bum, <laughs> sorry, or, or someone that you will know in another city or something or someone over the phone randomly, you know. 
There are so many people on Zoom now that you can call across the country on a Zoom class and ask someone to, if you can share their four-step with them. And someone will take you up on it and share your four-step with, fourth and fifth step with them and get it out of your system. And then you guys just pray about it and you leave it there. Now, the other thing is I would start thanking God for the incident. It sounds a little cruel, it sounds, but you know what? You, I, I'm not going to be of any service to anybody by having troubling regrets, overwhelming guilt in my system. So after I did the fourth and fifth step on that stuff that's eating my lunch, I go ahead and share it with somebody. <clears throat> and I, if it starts troubling to me, I said, I thank God for what happened because it pushed me to God. I thank God for the things I did because it pushes me over to God because now I can face my God and, and I can receive God's love. I can receive his forgiveness. I can receive mercy and grace. And I am not my own savior. I am not my own fix-it program. I am humble now. I receive forgiveness. I I, I don't deal with pride, arrogance, and ego and selfishness and denial. But, you know, just everything's on the, told God, I did it. I'm sorry. I receive your forgiveness. Now I'm thankful for what happened. You say, how can you be thankful if you sent some people to the hospital, Fernando, with your semi and your truck? How can you be thankful that you dragged that girl to the hospital? How can you be thankful for all those things? Well, I'm forgiven, aren't I? Either God is or God isn't. And I'm going to bring something useful. My story is going to be useful. Page 124 of the big book says, Our darkest past will alleviate the suffering of families today. And that's what we're doing right now. I want you to follow instructions. One, write it down. Two, share it with someone. Three, ask God for forgiveness. Four, start thanking God for what happened. Just do it. What if it works? Let's pray the supply prayer. Lord, the the forgiveness and supply for forgiveness is not here yet, but it will come if we should have it. It will surely come. Amen. Reading from the big book, The Doctor's Opinion About Alcoholism. We of Alcoholics Anonymous believe that the reader will be interested in the medical estimate of the plan of recovery described in this book. Convincing testimony must surely come from medical men who have had experience with the suffering of our members and have witnessed our return to health. A well-known doctor, chief physician at a national prominent hospital specializing in alcoholic and drug addiction, gave Alcoholics Anonymous this letter. To whom it may concern, I have specialized in the treatment of alcoholism for many years. In the late 1934, I attended a patient who, though he had been a competent businessman of good earning capacity, was an alcoholic of a type I had become to regard as hopeless. In the course of his third treatment, he acquired certain ideas concerning a possible means of recovery. As part of his rehabilitation, he commences to present his conceptions to other alcoholics, impressing upon them that they must do likewise with still others. This has become the basis of a rapidly growing fellowship of these men and their families. 
This man and over 100 others appear to have recovered. I personally know scores of cases who were at the type with whom other methods had failed completely. The facts appear to be extreme medical importance, these facts. The facts appear to be extreme medical importance because of the extraordinary possibility of rapid growth inherited in this group. They may mark a new epoch in the annals of alcoholism. These men may well have a remedy for thousands of such situations. You may be really absolute. You may rely absolutely on anything they say about themselves. Very truly yours, William D. Silkwork, medical doctor. The physician who, at our request, gave us this letter had been kind enough to enlarge upon his views in another statement which follows. In this statement, he confirms that we who have suffered alcoholic torture must believe that the body of the alcoholic is quite as abnormal as his mind. It did not satisfy us to be told that we could not control our drinking just because we were maladjusted to life. We were in full flight from reality and were outright mental defectives. These things were true to some extent, in fact, to a considerable extent with some of us, but we are sure that our bodies were sickened as well. In our belief, any picture of the alcoholic which leaves out this physical factor is incomplete. The doctor's theory that we have an allergy to alcohol interests us as laymen, our opinion as to his soundness may, of course, mean little. But as ex-problem drinkers, we can say that his explanation makes good sense. It explains many things for which we cannot otherwise account. Though we work out our solutions on the spiritual as well as the altruistic plane, we favor hospitalization for the alcoholic who is very jittery or befogged. More often than not, it is imperative that a man's brain be clear before he is approached, as he has then a better chance of understanding and accepting what we have to offer. The right, the doctor writes. The subject presenting in this book seems to me to be of paramount importance to those afflicted with alcoholic addiction. I say this after many years' experience as medical doctor or medical director as one of the oldest hospitals in the country, treating alcoholics and drug addiction. There was, therefore, a sense of real satisfaction when I was asked to contribute a few words on a subject which is covered in such masterly detail in these pages. We doctors have realized for a long time that some form of moral psychology was of urgent importance to alcoholics, but its application presented difficulties beyond our conception. What with our ultra-modern standards, our scientific approach to everything, we are perhaps not well equipped to apply the powers of good that lie outside our synthetic knowledge. Many years ago, one of the leading contributors to this book came under our care in this hospital, and while here, he acquired some ideas which he put into practical application at once. Later, he requested the privilege of being allowed to tell his story to other patients here, and with some misgiving, we consented. The cases we have followed through have been most interesting. In fact, many of them are amazing. 
the unselfishness of these men as we have come to know them, the entire absence of profit motive, and their community spirit is indeed inspiring to one who has labored long and wearily in this alcoholic field. They believe in themselves and still more in the power which pulls chronic alcoholics back from the gates of death. Of course, an alcoholic ought to be free from his physical craving for liquor And this offense requires a definite hospital procedure before psychological measures can be of maximum benefit. We believe and so suggest a few years ago that the action of alcohol on these chronic alcoholics is a manifestation of an allergy, that the phenomenon of a craving is limited to this class and never occurs in the average temperate drinker. These allergic types can never safely use alcohol in any form at all. And once having formed the habit and found they cannot break it, once having lost their self-confidence, their reliance upon things human, their problems pile up on them and become astonishingly difficult to solve. Frothy emotional appeal seldom suffices. The message we can interest and hold these alcoholic people must have depth and weight. In nearly all cases, their ideas must be grounded in a power greater than themselves if they are to be recreate their lives. If any feels that a psychiatrist directing a hospital for alcoholics will appear somewhat sentimental, let them stand with us a while on the firing line and see the tragedies, the despairing wives, the little children, let the solving of these problems become a part of the daily work and even if they're sleeping moments. And the most cynical will know, not wonder that we have accepted and encountered this movement. We feel after many years of experience that we have found nothing which has contributed more to the rehabilitation of these men than the astrusic movement now growing up, up among them. Men and women drink essentially because they like the effects produced by alcohol. The sensation is so elusive that while they admit it is injurious, they cannot after a time differentiate the true from the false. To them, their alcoholic life seems to be the only normal one. They are restless, irritable, and discontented unless they can again experience the sense of ease and comfort which comes at once by taking a few drinks, drinks which they see others taking with impunity. After they have succumbed to the desire again, as so many do, and the phenomenon of craving develops, they pass through the well stages of a spree, emerging remorseful with a firm resolution not to drink again. This is repeated over and over, and unless this person can experience an entire psychic change, there is very little hope of his recovery. On the other hand, and strange as this may seem to those who do not understand, once a psychic change has occurred, the very same person who seemed doomed, who has so many problems, he despaired of ever solving them, suddenly finds himself easily able to control his desire for alcohol, the only effort necessary being that required to follow a few simple rules. Men have cried out to me in sincere and despairing appeal.
Doctor, I cannot go on like this. I have everything to live for. I must stop, but I cannot. You must help me. Faced with this problem, if a doctor is honest with himself,